Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Thessalonians chapter chapter 5 and verse 16. If you're all there, say woo! Rejoice always. Ready? Come on, go ahead and try. You ready? Rejoice always. Verse 17. Pray continually. Verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Oh God, move in power, Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm prayed up already. What a powerful service. My goodness. Thanksgiving's this week, and uh, it's one of my favorite holidays. I just love Thanksgiving. It's unique to the United States of America because of our history, which I'll share about in just a moment. We've been in a series. This is the conclusion of a series we've been in for a number of weeks called Living Your Best Life. I've said it this way, that living your best life is living the blessed life. The blessed life is what God has for you. There is the cursed life. I tried that decades and decades ago. I'm not ever going to put it on again. There is blessing. There is cursing. And God wants you to live the blessed life, which is your best life. And as I've been poking fun all of these weeks at that phrase, it comes from a talk show host in 2005. Live your best life is a phrase that's been used by social media influencers to talk about, you know, staying on your nutrition plan and, you know, fulfilling purpose. But it just sort of bugged me when I saw a picture specifically of this homemade bread sliced perfectly, toasted to perfection with avocado. And it said, avocado toast in the morning, living my best life. And I just think, Somehow, living your best life is something more than avocado toast. Can you say amen? All right. So we've been doing a series. All of those are available. We have a podcast. We have Spotify. We have, you can go to the website, casealaska.com. You can uh, resource yourself through Facebook as well, while we're still allowed to preach on there and, um, and grow in the things of God. Uh, living your best life. Be thankful. Bump your neighbor and say, be thankful. See, this almost sounds like a command. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's God's will. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, be thankful. And I am thankful. I'm, I'm very thankful for this church. I've been traveling over the previous week. It's good to be with you again on a Sunday morning. I'll be preaching again tonight and Wednesday night. And uh, Thursday morning at 7 a.m., a special Thanksgiving service. We'll have worship. It'll be one hour long, right, during our prayer time from 7 to 8 appreciate a special Thanksgiving message, then we'll go home and, and eat and watch, watch the ball game and celebrate and give thanks. And, and give what? Give thanks. This holiday comes from this marvelous story. And you can go read. There's numerous accounts about uh, the first Thanksgiving. 102 people jumped in a, jumped in, got in a vessel uh, it was an older vessel called the Mayflower. You can go and read the different stories. They had to turn back different times and fix the boat. And, and uh, it was said by one report that I read that they broke one of the beams of the ship and they were able actually to uh, fix it with a screw from a printing press that they had brought that actually printed a Bible for them. 
previously when they were back in England. So just interesting, an interesting thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but they made it. 102 people, except through that first winter, only 51 people survived. And it was a horrible, grievous time. The quote from one who uh, was there wrote, this was written in 16, uh, 1621, 1622, pardon me. And uh, it's by Edward Winslow. Let me read to you. This is an account of the first Thanksgiving. And uh, it reads, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent sent four men on fowling. Now, this is written in an older English style. Fowling is is bird birding and going bird hunting, fowling, so that we might have a special manner to rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as with a little as little help beside saved the company almost a week. In other words, they had enough bird enough bird bird that they shot to eat for a whole week. So it was this huge hunting, great hunting trip for birds. At which time, almost all recreations, we exercised our arms. You know what that means? That's not like they were doing curls. They pulled their guns out. And they're like, whoa! Or shoot, I'm going to do that. How many of you do that on Thanksgiving? I'm just, it's curious. It's, an, it's a bit of an Alaska thing. You take your weapons out and shoot in your backyard. I, I, just me and the Pearsons. Okay. I know there's quite a few people... And um, anyway, it's quite fun. Make sure you're in a safe area when you do it. And um, try shooting. It's a, it's, a, it's a part of the original harvest. You shoot your guns. We exercised our arms. And many Indians among us as well. And among the rest of their, their greatest king, I don't know how to pronounce this quite right, but Massasuit, with some 90 men. And for three days, we entertained and fasted. For three days. And it goes on to say that they they went out on a hunting party and brought back five deer. They had this huge feast for three days. I propose that Thanksgiving goes from one day to three. Come on, somebody. How many? How many? Right. All right. And that's just some of the heritage of of our country. And And they worshiped and thanked God. That's what that was all about. Because they gave honor to God, the one who sustained them through the winter, even though they had lost so many, and God abundantly provided, and they they learned to live in the land. Wow. To the believer, write in your notes now, to the believer, we're to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Every day you should give thanks. Come on, try it right now. Say, oh, God, thank you. Every day you should give thanks. And that's what this text talks about, and we'll look at it. The text, God's will is seen as doing three things here. Now, obviously, this is not the all-encompassing will of God in its entirety, but this is certainly an aspect of his all-encompassing will. In other words, if you're missing these three things, you're, you're not doing the will of God. Now, that's kind of amazing. So he says, be joyful. Everybody say, be joyful. So God's will is seen in doing these three things. The first one, be joyful. Be what? Joyful. All right. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. No, no, I don't know what you're going through. But the fact remains that the greater one lives on the inside of you if you're born again. If you've given your heart to Jesus and the Holy Spirit's taken up residence on the inside of you, then you can be happy. Actually, happiness depends on happenings. 
Joy, joy comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord, said Nehemiah, will be your strength. And it really, joy is tied to strength and to courage as well. So the will of God is, is to be joyful. He said, well, like, I'm going through a hard time. Well, who isn't? You're always going to go through stuff. Just keep going. And be joyful. Be what? Be joyful. Pray continually. The apostle Paul, who, you know, you think, well, what does he know? Well, we'll find out what he knows. I think some of us just get upset because it's cold. You're not burning at the stake. Most of you, I'm pretty sure, have not burned at the stake or resisted to the point of shedding blood. The apostle Paul, it says, be joyful always. Pray continually. And he says, pray without ceasing in another place. He says, join me in my struggle as I, and, and pray for me. So prayer is key to, the, to doing the will of God and fulfilling the plan of God. And then lastly, number three, which I will emphasize, give thanks. Everybody say, give thanks. Give thanks, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy. You remember it? Because he's given Jesus Christ, something like that. His son and all, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. And all, let the weak say I am strong. Let the The Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Oh, you all sound beautiful this morning. Give thanks. So giving thanks is actually the will of God. So that means grumbling would then not be the will of God. Some of you are like, oh, snap, because I did a whole lot of that. I grumbled against, I, I grumbled against the president. I grumbled against, I, I grumbled against grumbling. I, I, I grumbled against my spouse. I, I, I just grumbled a whole bunch. Well, then you're outside the will of God. You're grumbling. You're going to end up in trouble. Not everything is God's will. Everybody say that. Not everything is God's will. And I've heard from some well-meaning, misguided uh, believers say, well, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Must be God's will that I ended up. And then they quote some tragedy. I'm going to tell you something. It's not God's will that you have a tragedy. It's not God's will you crash your car. It's not God's will that you get divorced. It's not God's will that your son's on drugs. It's not God's will that you end up sick and dying. That's not God's will. It's the devil who comes to steal, kill, destroy. John 10 and 10. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. So the devil is bad. Everybody say devil bad. God Good. Try it again. Devil, bad, God, good. Say it again. Devil, bad, God, good. Try one more time. Devil, bad, God, good. Jesus in, devil out. Try it. Jesus in, devil out. Yes. Come on, somebody. (laughs) It's kind of an inside joke. Thank you, Brother Toby. You're awesome. Love you. So not everything is God's will because there's approximately um, 350 people in the sanctuary right now. And there's 350 wills here. 
I don't mean like will as William, I mean will as in your will, your personal will. They say there's 7 billion people on the earth, roughly. That would be 7 billion different wills. So not everything is God's will. How many of you know there's God's will, there's your will, and how many of you know that Satan has a will? And by the way, his will is being exercised in the destroying of governments and the bringing together of a one-world rulership and one-world fight. Revelation 13 talks about the Antichrist. I'm going to tell you what's happening right now is the world is being set up for the Antichrist. And so how many of you think that's God's will? That's not God's will, but it is prophetic that it's going to come to pass. So not everything's God's will. Well, how do you give thanks for something that's not God's will? Well, you don't give thanks for it. You give thanks in it. Come on, somebody say in it. Come on, someone say I'm in it to win it. So not everything's God's will. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Turn there. The Apostle Paul is a great example on giving thanks in the midst of tremendous difficulties and challenges. And we need to learn from him. 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Verse 9, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. So imagine that. I don't know if you've been in that circumstance before where you're like, well, maybe this is it. I remember drowning many years. Obviously, I didn't completely drown because I'm here. But I got to the place. I was in the Pacific Ocean. It was very large surf. I got to the place where I couldn't hold my breath anymore, couldn't swim anymore, was too tired. I was pushed all the way to the bottom, and it was, I was, it was done. And so I just, peace came all over. I said, oh, well, Jesus. And then I ended up on the beach. I'm really not quite sure how that happened. That's happened to me twice. That's what they're saying, but they're, you're talking about the circumstances around it. They were in incredible persecution, and they're like, man, we're going to die this time. You know, it's been good knowing you, man. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. It's like, well, you know what? It's been great. What a run, huh, Paul? What a run. All right, hallelujah. What a run. And God delivers them. That's, that's what that is. They know they're going to the sentence of death is upon them. And look what he goes on to say. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Even in the midst of death, even in the midst of difficulty, we can rely on a God who can raise the dead. I don't know what you're going through, but you ought to give thanks. You ought to be grateful because God can turn it around. He can turn it. He can turn it. I was about to rap, but I, I don't know. I, something happened. Verse 10, he delivered us from such deadly peril and he will deliver us again. That's faith talking right there. In other words, he delivered us then and you know what? God's going to do it again. Come on, somebody say God's going to do it again. On him we've set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Look at verse 11, my, my, my. He will continue to deliver us as you help us, as you help us by your prayers then many will give thanks on our behalf 
for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. It is so very profound. Your life, my life, is about living the blessed life, your best life, so that when people see you, they go, my God, there must be a God because I know how jacked up that person was. You're the most angry, bitter, vicious, vengeful, ugly. And look at you now. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands at Jesus. Hey. Come on, somebody say, look at me. Hey, Just don't look too long. He's saying when the sentence of death was upon us, it happened that we might not rely on ourselves. It's fascinating. The more I rely on myself, the more difficult it is. Something you don't work hard, but we we need the grace of God. He delivered us from deadly peril. Verse 10. Are you all there? 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. Verse 10 now. 2 Corinthians 1, 10. We've set our hope on him that he'll continue to deliver us. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted to us in answer to prayer. It's so profound. Many people don't want to talk about the difficulty they're in. I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe that. There's been a, a erroneous teaching that says, well, if you're in difficulty, don't acknowledge it. Whatever you do, don't talk about it. That's not faith. Don't talk. What are you talking about? Faith, faith, faith acknowledges that and then says, but God. Faith acknowledges it's dead and then says, oh, but he can raise it up. What I love about him, if it's lost, he can find it. If it's broken, he can fix it. Oh, come on, somebody. If it's sick, he can heal it. If it's dead, he can raise it up. Come on, give a shout to God. I've known people who ignore this. No, no, ignore that. No, you're in pain. No, it's difficult. That's okay. Acknowledge it. Then acknowledge the one who raises the dead. Pray, believe God, and see the thing turn around. And I love also here that it's not just him and whoever's with him. It's this body of believers. You know, I don't know how you do church without a body. Let me say that differently. I don't know how you do life without being a part of a church body. We have been through incredible difficulties, even at times despairing of, of, of life itself, and been through death. And honestly, we've been a part of this church. Just, I'm just talking, I know I'm the pastor, great team working together, but I was a part of this church before I was a pastor. And we, we have seen God come through for us over and over and over and over. And I'm convinced that it would not have happened had I not been a part of a, a group of people that love God, serve God and pray for each other. You know, we are a people that pray. And when we pray, it moves a, it moves a hand of omnipotence. A preacher said that it, the prayer is a slender muscle that moves the hand of omnipotence. When we pray, God moves. And I'm telling you, God is moving all across this community. He's moving across the state. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what the New York Times says. I tell you what God's word is, is that he's bringing a great revival. He's causing an awakening to take place in sons and daughters, bringing them from afar. He's bringing it to pass. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? Woo! But bad things happen, and if you'll pray, God will turn it for good. You might as well start giving thanks now. In fact, giving thanks in the midst of those things actually releases the power of God. And complaining releases the devil. Can you find that scripture for me? Uh, Release to destroying angel examples. They were examples to us. I think it's 1 Corinthians 10 or 4 or something. 
Thank you, Dr. Haggerty. 2 Corinthians 12 is so profound. Verse 1, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I want you to say that. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. And then he talks about this man. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was called up to the third heaven. How many of you know what the third heaven is? First heaven is you're in it. It's this, which you see, the earth. Second heaven is where the battle is. The heavenlies, the heavenly realm. It's the second heaven. Third heaven it's the throne. There ain't no war at the throne. There was one for a brief moment, and, and Satan was cast down to the earth. In 1 Corinthians 10, 10, it talks about the previous generation of, of Israelites had, were examples, and they complained, and through their grumbling, a destroying angel was released, or the destroyer. Come on, somebody say, Wow. So what are you telling me? I'm telling you that there are examples for us. And if you were a complainer and you complain and you practice complaining, you're releasing death. You missed a great place to say amen. I'm going to go back here and encourage myself. Amen, Pastor Daniel. Woo, praise God. Don't want to do that. Don't want to release death. Don't want to do that. What? Oh. No, you want to release life in your, in your tongue, in your mouth. There's life and death. What are you releasing? But in every circumstances, I'm going to move on. But in every circumstances, we find something to be thankful for. The key to living your, your best life is being thankful. A key. It's a key. All right. Why is being thankful so important? I'm so glad you asked. Turn to Romans 1. Minister Jan, I'm glad you're here. Had surgery on her knee. You'll be rock hopping before you know it. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for healing. Boulder jumping in Jesus' name. Got the hitch out of your giddy-up. What scripture? Romans 1. You, you got that? Do you guys have Bibles over here? Is this a non-Bible section? <laughs> Who better go over to some place where they've got... Romans 1. It's like, no, I've memorized it. Awesome. Maybe you can lay hands on me after service. Romans 1, verse 21. If you're all there, say amen. Uh, if you're offended over here on the right side of the church, then uh, that's just a test. And uh, forgive me and overcome. If you have not been offended yet, here you will be offended soon. And uh, not on purpose, but we've found that God many times will offend the mind to reveal the heart. Here we go. Yikes. Romans 1 and 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him. Are you all there? Verse 21, Romans 1. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. So if they're not giving thanks to him, what are they doing? Well, they're not acknowledging him. They're not giving thanks to him. Maybe they're complaining, but they're certainly not acknowledging that he's God Almighty. And you'll see that there's a progression that takes place here that's terrifying because really what happens if you don't give thanks 
in your life, you're going to end up being bound. If you don't learn to give thanks, you say, but it's hard. I know it is. But find the silver lining. Start thanking God. Thank God you're alive. Thank. Come on, you got to find things to thank God for and about. He'll turn it around. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching way better than you're amening. They didn't give thanks to him, but their thinking became futile. That's the first, the, the first thing is no thanks. The second thing is futile thinking. And then that progresses to foolish hearts being darkened. This is a, a picture of our culture. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of an immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. It all starts. It's a progression that starts with a heart attitude that's not thankful. So Thanksgiving's far more than just a holiday where we celebrate, eat turkey and pie and America and football. It's something for the believer that you should do every day of your life. And you have to practice that. It took me a little while to do that. Some of you came out of the womb complaining. <laughs> Giving thanks recognizes God. Giving thanks is, is a recognition of God, of who he is, and his rightful place as Lord. If, he, if he's not the Lord of everything in your life, then he's not the Lord at all. He's the Lord of all, or he's not the Lord at all. I think that came out in the 70s or 80s. Let him be the Lord of your emotions, the Lord of your finances, the Lord of your home, the Lord, the Lord of all your decision making. And when you complain and argue, you're saying, God, I know better and this shouldn't be happening to me. Now, granted, some things are certainly the devil and they need to be rebuked. You need to go back and, and look at that message on storms, overcoming storms and, and, and discerning storms and walking through. Because some storms are from God. Other storms are straight from the pit. It recognizes when you thank God, it recognizes that we need God. We need God. And it keeps us from being bound. So, Pastor, basically you're telling me then, if I don't live to learn to give thanks in all circumstances, then I could potentially open a portal where I could end up bound. You got it exactly right. That's right. See, some of you are bound right now because you complain. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. I'm trying to help you out. But What does he know? <laughs> you don't take my opinion. I'm preaching and teaching the word. It's not my opinion. It's God's word. Wow. Look at Colossians 3. Turn there. Closing moments of our service. Don't miss tonight. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ, the what? The peace of Christ rule your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. And be what? Thankful. You'll find, actually, that peace and giving thanks are tied together. My wife or, and I, my, my Pastor Karen and myself, we, we are um, we're a passionate people for the Lord and for the purposes of God. And sometimes we have passionate conversation. Could be called argument. Arguing? It's heated fellowship. <laughs> I have found uh, at times that um, 
you know, as a husband, we've talked about this, and I already said it in the first service, but I'm feeling a little nervous, so I'm going to go over here. <laughs> that there's times where my wife really chaps my hut. No, I, I, I get irritated. And let's just do a little quiz test. How many men, don't worry, I'm coming around to the women here in just a moment, so just hang on. This is, it'll be a full marriage experience here. You ready? Okay. How many men, your wives, have irritated you before? Look how many liars are here. The guys that raise their hand are telling the truth. The other one's like, no, you've never irritated me. We're good. We're good. We're good, right? We're good. Oh. No, she's perfect. Okay. Now, now what? Lady, ladies, they're way more honest than guys. Guys are nervous and scared. But just, just saying, how many of you ladies, your husband has irritated you before? Somebody in the back like, oh, you know that's right. Yes. Oh, oh, help him. He's such a donkey of a man. Here's what we've found. We've found in the midst of challenges like that, you know, you got to take a break and you don't let the sun go down in your wrath and all that. But I've found that in times where I've gotten very irritated and Pastor Karen, I'm sure I've irritated you more than you've irritated me, perhaps, maybe. I've started thanking God for my wife, it all changes. And I say, and the Lord speaks to me and reminds me, I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't, I can't talk about it too much because I'll get all gushy and she'll start blushing. And <laughs> if, it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, together, God put us together. And yeah, we irritate each other from time to time. But if you learn to give thanks, it's amazing what happens. Peace. Peace, peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. It's flowing through my veins. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. You guys don't know that one? When you give thanks in the midst of difficult circumstances, it changes your heart and it releases peace. So thanksgiving is something that we should always do every day. Find things to give thanks for. You'll find that you won't be nearly as upset. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for about, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything or every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And verse 7, and the peace of God, understanding, will guard your and mind in Christ Jesus. So literally, think about this for a second. I've taught you that text before. If you don't give thanks and you don't pray and you, you don't do that, then your heart will not be guarded. In actual fact, you, you cause the gates of your heart to be un, unlocked when you grumble and complain, and it's not a good thing. It, it brings bondage. So if you're feeling anxious, or you're worrying about things, that's an indication that it's time for a prayer meeting. That's an indication it's time to start giving thanks. That's an indication it's time to start praying. Don't be anxious. When I'm, I'm, are you ever anxious, Pastor? Those are, yes, I have things that happen. I'll be like, I've got to stop. Listen, we've driven our car, and all of a sudden, lose peace, pull over, stop. We stop. Like, what's going on? We're like, I don't know. Something's going on. Pastor Karen and I usually in agreement. It's happened a handful of times. We'll pull over and we're like, 
Well, we could be late, I guess, but we ain't going until we get peace. I'm just telling you, we live our lives this way. You want, the, you want the blessed life? You want to live your best life? You learn to guard your heart, have peace, and be, have an attitude of gratitude. Be filled with thank, thankfulness. Turn to Luke 17. Keys, please. This is awesome. So Thanksgiving releases faith for, un, for answered prayer. Last text. Luke 17 and verse 11. I want you to turn there, please. Now on his way to Jerusalem, who's his? Jesus. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy. How many? 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Why? Why'd they do that? Because you weren't allowed to come close with that Hansen's disease. It's what we call Hansen's disease now. Because it was very, uh, well, they were social distancing. Very contagious. They stood at the distance and they called out. It was actually against the law for them to be in public. They called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on me or mercy on me or mercy on us, or pity on us, verse 14. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, which is, he's referring to Levitical law, and what would happen if you were healed? You would go to the priest, and they'd check you out, and they'd be like, yeah, you're healed. It was a part of the process. So he says, go show yourself to the priest. So they knew what that meant. They mean like, oh, wow. And so as they went, they were cleansed. I want you to say that. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, verse 15 when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. It's kind of like you guys. It's too loud in here. Maybe, maybe you've not had anything happen to you from, from the Lord before. You know, when he really does something in your life, you might make some noise. I've known people that have made a lot of noise and it was all noise. You know, the shout of the king was among them when they went into the Philistines with the ark but God wasn't with them. Then the ark was captured. It was all noise. It was a bunch of religious noise. That's not what you hear in this house. I, I, know, I know so many of you delivered, healed, set free, saved. Marriages, sickness, disease, infirmity, set free. On the brink of bankruptcy, massive turnarounds. Blessed, blessed, the blessing of God. And some of you are in the midst of a battle right now. Don't be worried. Don't be weary. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Be thankful because the God who set you free before is going to set you free again. So as they went, they're healed. They're cleansed. Pardon me. Cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God? Thanks to God is another way to say that. Except this foreigner. Then he said to him, arise and go. Your faith has made you well. That's not cleansed. Two different Greek words there. Faith has made you well. The picture is they were cleansed as they were going. They don't have white spots anymore. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, let's go see the priest. We're, we're cleansed, we're cleansed. And I think they probably started running. But one guy says, oh man. And he runs back and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus and he says, thank you, thank you. Oh, oh, praise God, thank you. And Jesus said he was made well. What that word is, is anything that was missing, the, the leprosy's gone. But if he had dropped some fingers, it came back. That, the, the picture is whatever is missing is back. Thanksgiving releases miracle power. Don't ever forget it. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.